Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. It's hard to believe we're on the 125th podcast and we're going on. We've been talking about this idea of contentment versus bitterness. And as always, my co-host, Stephanie Wesco. How are you, Stephanie? I'm just going to go with I'm, I'm be, trying to be content in my current situation in life. Whoa. Out of nowhere, folks, she showed up with contentment right at the right time. You know, it's a day for contentment today. And I think God's looking for contentment in us and and I believe, I believe if we live by this word, if we trust God, if it's real to us, if you can, if we're sold out, if we're all in, if it's everything, uh, boy, God can make a difference in our life. So we're here. Uh, we've been going on with the book of Philippians. We, we spoke yesterday how we're in this portion of Thanksgiving, how we've reached this place, uh, this third step and these different things going on. And and we've reached this place of Thanksgiving and, and being perpetually thankful, we talked about. And boy, that's a good thing to be perpetually thankful or perpetually in Thanksgiving. We talked about three things we've learned, three things we can put together, three secrets for joyful or triumphant living uh, from John Phillips. And we talked about them, uh, positive thinking, uh, proper theology, positive thinking and now perpetual thanksgiving and we continue on we talked about being content paul learning how to be content in jail how to be content when he's chained up and we come to this verse stephanie 12 uh chapter 4 verse 12 and it says i know how to be abased and i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and suffer need and, uh, you know, most of us know what it's like to be abased. We've abased. We've been there where we've, you know, we're just getting by. We're, we're worried about that check coming in just in time. We're worried about just making it. We're in jail. We're shackled to someone else. That's what Paul's talking about. He's saying, I know how to run when things are low. You know, sometimes it's hard to run when things are high. But, Stephanie, how do we run when things are low? How do we, how do we get there? What do we do? Sorry, I could there goes that evil watch again. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think it's there's a lot here that has to do with. Um, I think of, I think it's in Second Corinthians where Paul talks about um, his thorn in the flesh, and then God comes back and says, um, "My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Yeah. And because God's strength is made perfect in our weakness whether we are abased or abound, full or hungry, we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And, um, you know, I think there's something incredible too here that I don't want to, we don't want to lose here the aspect of the fact that when we are living with God's grace being shown in our lives, and I think of when we left Cameroon and lost everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had a few suitcases and um, pretty much left with the essentials. Grabbed a few, you know, special things, but lost virtually everything. And, you know, it was amazing because coming back to the States was not 
the first thing on our minds wasn't, we just lost all of our stuff. The yeah. first thoughts on our mind were that we had Jesus and so we were going to be okay. And um, because of people sacrificing and giving, the Lord provided our material needs. And we never, we never, you know, went without like so many people in the world have. Um, but all that to say, in those days of feeling like I was a single mom now with eight kids and um, virtually penniless. I felt like I was virtually penniless at that point. In the end, I knew that God was faithful. And because of that, there was a strange sense of contentment. And I was like, God, we get to see you work now because I don't know how you're going to do this, but you're still God. And I think if our premise is that God is still God, and because of that, he is worthy of our trust. Yeah. We can know how to be abased and how to abound, how to um, be full and hungry and suffer need and all of those things and still be content. And it's not because of anything good in us. No. Um, It's because of who God is in us. I mean, we have the God who died for us who's willing to not only forgive our sins and give us the hope of eternal life, he is willing to come and live with us and give us strength and peace and joy and all of these things on a daily basis. He offers those things to us if we will but take him at his word and by faith follow him and obey him. And that's just, that's what gives us, that's how we can do those things. That's what takes us. That's right. That's what, that's what changes everything around is, and you know, the example of uh, people who didn't even know Stephanie, people who uh, just wanted to help her, just wanted to Mm -hmm. help her along. And here she is on a radio broadcast and a podcast, uh, depending on which media you're listening to, but boy, God can do that and he can do it in your life. It's about trusting him. It's about knowing him. And, you know, this little stanza of a song years ago that's uncredited. I have no idea who wrote it. It's in a few of my commentaries. It says, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll, fastened to the rock, which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And, you know, sometimes you just got to have that anchor. You got to hold on. And we got to be steadfast, unmovable, it tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1551. And, you know, that's what a Christian is. That's what a Christian looks like. And that's where we find them. If Paul can be content in prison. And, you know, I like the words he used where he says, I've been instructed, you know, I've been taught how to do this. And and God's word in school, in classes and learning about God, God's instruction can do that. And folks, you get that instruction at church. You get that instruction at Bible college. You get that instruction in Christian school. I've been instructed to do all those things. And and, and boy, that really makes a difference and, and uh, to be instructed to learn, to be in God's Word, to be studying God's Word. And there, there are so many religions that I had mentioned earlier, the study I had been doing on cults and how I ended up in Scientology where these people actually work themselves up to be their own God. And uh, to be that, you know, I'm so glad that I have a God that I can trust, that I can serve. Uh, that my God, I can't work myself up to God. 
Doug's char Doug Carriker's God is God Almighty. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy yeah. Ghost. He's the one who spoke us into existence and, and everything and everybody. He's the God that owns the, the cattle on all the hills, on 10,000 hills, and also owns the hills. That's the God I serve. Yeah. And if I, when I got that, when I cling to that anchor, I can be steadfast. I can, I can be fastened to that rock that doesn't move. And, and brethren, if you're listening to me today, if you have Christ, grab hold. Hold on. It's going to be all right when you hold on. Things are going to happen. And, and, and I think this next verse talks about that secret of contentment, Stephanie. I think it has in it uh, the idea there. It says, I can do all things. Boy, haven't we heard this verse a million times? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And, uh, you know, he's talking about I can do all things. I, you know, I can, when I'm hungry, I'm all right. When I'm full, I'm all right. I can do all things. You know, there's been things going on and uh, I can get out of them. God has done things. He breaks people out of jail. He, he, uh, uh, he changes jailers' hearts. He, you know, he sinks boats and no one dies. I can do all those different things because he strengthens me. He's given his testimony there. He, he's learned how to handle the ups and downs in life. He's learned how to handle the agony. You know, going back to chapter one where he was talking, dying is gain. But if I live, I want to help people. You know, this book has had a constant attitude about it. It's all about attitude, I think, Stephanie. It's all about uh, where we find ourselves. I mean, are you picking up on that, this this thread about attitude, about placement, about where we think we are? Yeah, I think um, this whole book is about joyful surrender. Yeah. And um, it doesn't seem like those two words would go in the same sentence. Erin, that, you know, that joy, should, joy would go along with surrender, but there is joy in knowing that we can do all things anything and by all things paul means whatever god has for me to do i can do even if it seems impossible humanly i can do it through christ and i used to i used to claim this verse before i um before i would you know prepare to have a child yeah and thank god i don't know how i can do this again <laughs> but you say that you know i know this child is a gift from you and so you're going to give me the strength to you know to birth this child and um it's a precious promise and um it's not you know we quote it we quote it lightly but i put this verse up on a with like a wall sticker in my oldest son's room yeah and um you know they deal with life with you know teenage boys they're teenage boys and they don't have a dad there to yeah. give them instruction to encourage them to teach them things all of those things that you know a normal teenage boy should have and yet they have a god in heaven who's their father who cares for them and loves them um infinitely more than their earthly dad did um their heavenly father loves them and so i put this verse in their room so that they would see it every day and could be remember could re be reminded that even on those days that they struggle internally with everything they've been through that they can get through it through christ and in his strength and i think it's you know i think it, and like i said before when you've been through trials that have put you in a position of hopelessness in some ways going through those trials is a special privilege as awful and as nightmarish as they can be because we get to find out how strong our God is 
and how good he is. And that's what gives us joy is knowing that God, you, you did it. You got us through. It was your strength. And you did give me, you know, in hindsight, you can say, God did give me the strength to get through that. And, um, I don't know. It's, there's just something powerful about being able to come to that point of joyful surrender of saying, God, because of you, because it's your strength, I can do all things that you want me to do. But yeah, that's, that's a pretty strong statement from Paul too. And what you just said, that's, you know, when you get to that place, what a great verse to hang on the wall. And Daniel and Charles Bedroom, what a great verse. And, you, you know, then you go on to 14 and it said, notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. You know, he's going on to say, you know, I can do all things, but you communicate, you made it happen. You're part of that because Christ used you. And I like that. And then in verse 15, it says, Now ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So he's going on and he's saying, I can do all things. And he's communicating that. He's testifying to that. But then he's turning around, Stephanie, and he's saying, but you guys are a big part of that. Yes. You guys yeah, made I, that happen. Yeah. 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 And that's the, the powerful thing about this passage um, and those verses that Paul talks about what they did for him. Um, just you, you mentioned it briefly, but um, yesterday I had had a really bad night, night before last, and um, PTSD had hit really hard. And um, flashbacks were followed up with nightmares, and and I was in a very, very bad place and um, just was really struggling with trying to wrap my head around, okay, this was, I have to refocus. And um, those of you that suffer with PTSD, you know, when when those times come, it's very hard to, you have to have the Lord. Really, that's the only thing that gets you through and out of those moments. And so, anyways, all that to say, I was contacted by a lady, and um, she show, she showed me the love of Christ yesterday, and um, just the Lord, I guess, had laid me on her heart. And God knew exactly what I needed. He knew exactly the struggle I was facing, and and in you know, and in His perfect timing. He laid me on that lady's heart just when he knew I needed some encouragement. Wow. And that is the same thing here with Paul. It's like we are a part of a body. And the body of Christ, um, the children and I have experienced how beautiful that body of Christ is as people sacrificed and have, you know, sought to help us so greatly after Charles was killed. And I was, I remember thinking back then of just how powerful it was to me to watch as the body of Christ came together and people I may never meet till heaven helped make it possible for me to be able to get through everything that we went through and the support and the prayers and all of it. And that's how God intends it to work. He is each believer is supposed to be led by him and is supposed to be his hands and feet yeah. to the lost, but also to fellow believers. Wow. And 
you know, it's like if God brings someone across your path who is in need, who needs encouragement or needs um, even sacrificial, like giving of yourself, be it um, your time or your money or your resources, God has you there as his hands and feet to minister. And that is how, that's how God sometimes enables or wants to enable us to be able to do all things that he has for us to do is, is by encouraging us through someone else, another one of his children and through one of our, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's powerful because we miss out not only on blessings, but we miss out on seeing God do incredible things. I'm afraid as a church as a whole, and I'm talking, you know, the big picture of the church because we aren't listening. We aren't there to be like this church was um, to Paul, to be there to minister to others' needs. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I, I, I think I want to look at two more verses to wrap up with here today. And I, I think that's perfect how people, uh, friends and brethren who are listening to us, you get this, that you can profoundly change somebody's life by yes. submitting to God's will to help someone out, even a phone call, even, you know, if somebody brings brownies, it changes my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> the little, not, and I'm talking about the triple brownies. I'm talking about the brownies that, that come from Costco that God himself was involved in the recipe. But I mean, little wow. things, not the double ones. <laughs> I'm talking about the triple fudgy. You're not sure, is it fudge? Is it a brownie? Is it the best candy bar I've ever eaten? That's the brownies I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the Ghirardelli triple chocolate, triple fudge, whatever it happens to be. But any little thing, brethren, that you can do for somebody can change a life. And God can use you. Yes. Be be submissive to God. Be obedient to God in that way. Because, boy, he will use you. It, it will make a difference. It'll be great. And then in verse 16, it says, For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Even when I was working with the Thessalonian folks, you took care of me. I was fed. I was cared for. And then he goes on once again to explain, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit may abound to your account. And, you know, when we think about that, Stephanie, there's fruit. God gives fruit. And, uh, yeah. you know, and Paul's talking about fruit that comes out of supporting a missionary. You know, my desire for churches who support us, who support Debbie and I, uh, our desire, our, our, our heart uh, praise or prayer, our heart prayer to God in request is that these people who support us and care for us are taken care of over and over again, that the blessings will multiply so many times. But that's what God does. He gives fruit. And uh, not because, Stephanie, he says, I desire a gift because I desire fruit may go to your account. So he's talking about Thessalonica. He's talking about how they helped him a couple times there. It was 100 miles down the road from where he is. He's talking about how life can be, uh, how they helped him, how they were there for him. Can you imagine being one of those churches and reading this letter, you know, being a young person in that church and, and reading this letter years later and saying, man, we didn't give, you know, we didn't make a difference. But then he goes on and he uses those words, uh, but not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And what do you think he's saying there? What do you, what do you think he's trying to 
tell the folks there at Philippi? I think he's letting it, letting them know right up front, I'm not in this for myself. And this is all about laying up treasures in heaven. And when he talks about fruit that may abound to their account, he's talking about their account in heaven. And you think of a bank account and, um, you know, it's almost, it almost gives you that image that God has that each church has a bank account in heaven. Mm -hmm. And as a church chooses to support missionaries and sacrifice and give for the cause of the gospel going forward and souls are saved and those things happen that God is laying up those treasures in their bank account, those rewards, that fruit. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful image to me. You know, when you think of, um, get, you know, someday having, having a host of people from around the world that are in heaven and saying, we're here because you gave so that so-and-so could go to the mission field or so that, um, we could, you know, I, in terms of us, I think of a church, you know, someone being in heaven or someone having become a missionary and evangelist or whatever, and being able to say, you gave for me to go to a wounded spirits camp. You gave so that I could, um, go get the help I needed. And you made a difference in my life for eternity. And that's the image I get here of the fact that Paul was all about laying up treasure in heaven and he was encouraging this church that as I see God work and see people get saved, it's not just me that's laying up treasures in heaven through this. You are too, yeah. because you sacrificed for me to be able to reach others. And that is just such a beautiful, a beautiful thing of the, of the reaping, the, you know, reaping the blessings from God for being willing to sacrifice for the needs of missionaries and the needs of um, mission work getting done. And um, every time I think to see this verse, I think of, you know, how many churches supported us when we went to Cameroon thinking they were supporting our family, you know, going to Cameroon for, you know, indefinitely. We were planning to be there the rest of our lives. Yeah. And thinking that every person that's been saved since Charles Fast has been fruit that has been laid up to those churches' accounts. And that is just, it's beautiful to think that each of those churches has had had a part in each person that has gotten saved through Charles that that's fruit to their account. Yeah. No, I agree. And and I mean it continues on. It's a it it's it's continuous. You want to talk about a multi level marketing campaign. I mean or <laughs> I mean, you lead someone to the Lord, they lead someone to the Lord, they lead someone to, yes. I mean, it's, it's infinite. It's, it's as big as God. You know, folks, in, in closing, I, I think the significant piece of this puzzle is our intentions. It's our character. It's our attitude. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 been, it's been strung throughout uh, this whole study. It's about character. It's all about character. And I think, once again, God has shown us, uh, as we went through today's study, you know, how we judge things. Are we, are we looking for gifts so we can prosper? Or are we looking for gifts so we can do the work and that they can abound, that fruit can abound in their accounts? 
and they can continue on. And I think that's a beautiful way of looking at things. Well, thank you for being with us today, folks. Thank you for always being there in our earways, always caring for us. Drop us a line over at Helpful Wounded Spirits. Look us up on our personal pages and make sure you don't miss the next podcast. The next one takes you to the end of the book of Philippians. And I'll be honest with you, we're kind of looking at the book of Job. We're looking at a couple different directions we may go in after this. You won't want to miss them. We're trying to look at those books that helps those with hurting hearts and wounded spirits and those uh, verses in those places. So make sure you're part of that. We sure do love you folks. We're real thankful to be with you. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.